Welcome to the Lessons Learned from Donald Trump podcast. This thing is huge. It's the greatest, most outrageous, incredibly fun podcast on the internet today. It's all about the Don. The most spectacular entrepreneur alive today. For entrepreneurs who also want to dominate their market and destroy their competition. You should be your competition's huge problem. This is the Lessons Learned from Donald Trump podcast with Steve Cypress and Everett Fornell. Welcome to another episode of the Lessons Learned from Donald Trump podcast, the most micromanaged, you must do exactly what we say podcast in the history of podcasting. Speaking of which, I have a co-host who is not only a fantastic co-host, Mr. Everett Farnell, but I'm going to tell you exactly what you need to say, every word for this entire podcast episode, Mr. Everett Farnell. (laughs) I have nothing, Steve. Yeah. Oh, that's that, that's not going to work. Finally got me. Yeah, you finally that's got me. <laughs> just just be careful because you're going to make rules, and then we're going to end up in the shitter. That's right. We're going to micromanage and make rules for everything. We're also making new rules for all the listeners. Starting with this podcast, we have a rule of where you can listen, how long you must listen for, and how many times you may replay the episode. We're putting all these rules into place, and we don't expect anything negative to come from it. Absolutely. Nothing negative, and we've got to control everything. We must. On every level. The the key to happiness is being controlled by somebody else that you don't know and have never met. Is that what they told you? That's the most American thing. This is the land of the controlled and the home of the brave. (laughs) Well, it was for eight years. But now there's been a new sheriff in town, and in case you haven't noticed, you know, I say it all the time, people go like, wow, Trump, you know, really winning this and that. I'm like, you're kidding me, right? He had the easiest job in the history of mankind. All he had to do was look at all the damage his predecessor did for eight years and just undo it all. Then, of course, he's massively successful. It's the easiest thing in the world. (laughs) He doesn't have to think at all. Oh, what should I do today? What new things? You don't have to come up with anything new. Just undo all the damage of the predecessor, and instantly the economy starts booming, gets out of the rut, jobs, businesses coming back and repatriating their money, and the treasury is growing, and people's incomes go up, and this and that, and oh, Korea starts capitulating, and NATO is investing more money into themselves. All you had to do was do the opposite of what we had a control freak in office. We had a socialist, Marxist, progressive, liberal, whatever you want to call it. It's all about big government control of your life. And somehow, because it's America, we made it through the eight years. But now the pendulum has swung so far in the other direction that I think Donald Trump just wakes up every day going, which thing today should I undo that Obama did? By definition, if he just undoes everything Obama did, he'll be right at least 80% of the time, by absolute definition. So, Correct. You know, it's, I, I agree it's with hard that. Not every, that. That's what people say back to me. They go, like, well, but this, okay, okay. So not everything works out perfectly. However, I'll take my chances that I just yeah. got to wake up and not think at all, just close my eyes, throw a dart at the wall, and hit which Obama action was taken do I undo today. Right. And so and, the one we're talking about here, and we made some jokes, about, but in case you haven't noticed, Trump has set records for rolling back 
the largest number of regulations in the history of mankind, again, made very easy because his predecessor implemented the largest number of regulations in history. So, of course, previous presidents didn't even have a chance to roll back this many regulations. There weren't that many regulations. But I digress. Since Obama, like, quadrupled the number of regulations or whatever the number it is, he just ballooned the National Registry of Regulations, Trump just comes in with a hatchet and has his chief of each department just slashing regulations. You know, I remember back to when he first came in and he proposed some executive order, like in his first few days in office, if not the first day, we're going to have a new rule for every new regulation put in, you have to cut two. And I remember at the time, I don't know if we talked about it on an episode of this Lessons Learned from Donald Trump podcast, Everett, but I remember at the time going, what are you talking about? That sucks. You can't just roll back two regulations for one you put in. That's going to take forever to get us going again. But I think I read something recently that said, in actuality, the Trump administration has rolled back 22 regulations for every new one every put one. in. Well, now we're talking, not to mention not that left. the way it works, you don't really roll back a regulation. You put a new one in anyway. So that even the, that new one they put in is not a new onerous regulation. It's one that undoes other regulations. So right. Trump is on a record-setting red tape cutting expedition for two years with at least two more years to go, which is fantastic, just slashing red tape, which is what the executive branch of government can do. So no matter what happens in midterm elections and if the Democrats get control of what it cannot stop, well, they can stop on a veto, apparently, Trump regulatory agencies from just slashing all the regulations. So the newest news that you're talking about here is they're looking to cut a bunch of regulations, including some things about mileage, something. What was this? Something about yeah. the mileage well, on the highway, the cars? Yeah, Trump, the, the Trump administration is looking to roll back fuel economy standards. Now, before people get, oh, fuel you don't want to roll back fuel economy standards. Look, here's the thing. You've got to understand that as with most situations, the best thing that can happen is normally handled by the free market. The best outcome is normally handled by the free market. So over the course of the last few decades, when these fuel standards have become a big deal, they really started, I think, in earnest in the late 70s, early 80s, around the, remember the fuel crisis, Steve, when people were waiting in line? And Not only do I remember it, but I was working pumping gas at the time, and it was awesome. Okay. So, so in New Jersey, where I was pumping gas, they had the last number of your license plate determines whether you're allowed to get gas on an odd or an even day right. and then so we were only have... able to give each person five gallons or it was just we had lines you would not believe how long the line was how right. irate it was in the summer too so how irate and angry everyone was you couldn't even sit in your car with the air conditioning on because you would use up the precious gas that you were rationed <laughs> to get in the first place. It was just, it was a recipe for a summer of disastrous, and since I was on the supply side of it, hilarity ensued. But yes, well, I, I definitely so, remember it. So I'm pretty sure that's when these regulations, that's when these fuel standard regulations started coming around in earnest. But here's the problem. Oh, yeah. There has, well, that's when they lowered, Nixon studies. lowered the national speed limit to 55 and all that kind uh -huh, of stuff. Right. Well, but here's the problem is that they have figured out now, of course, in retrospect, that the fuel standards have increased deaths on the highways. Well, of course. Uh, you know, many fold because you have lighter vehicles. And everybody, of course, you're putting out a whole driven. bunch of little, you know, we used to, again, dating myself, but back when I was pumping gas over 40 years ago, you had the boats pulling in, the Lincoln uh -huh. Continental, the I Cadillac. I mean, these things were a boat. I mean, it's a living room on wheels, I used to call them. Like, these things were humongous. Nowadays, I, I even a Cadillac. 
Cadillac or a Lincoln looks like a Honda. Anybody who has ever driven a 1973 Lincoln knows that even if you rear-end somebody, you're two blocks away from the accident site. You it's like a mosquito pricking a, a gorilla. Like, <laughs> right. what was that? So these, did someone just smash, did just someone T-bone me at 60? I hardly noticed. I'm in a 1975 Lincoln Continental. <laughs> so, so these big vehicles, heavier, are safer, period. Now, you now, think? Um, so now they, they've come up with In all case any of our listeners out there are six-year-olds who have a Tonka truck in one hand and a Hot Wheels <laughs> hot rod in the other hand, I'm pretty sure Damn they know which else. one can easily smash the other one to smithereens. <laughs> so now what happens is it's increased highway death. So now they're rolling them back because the, the point of the Trump administration is that if we roll back these unrealistic standards, that they're probably going to get safer and cleaner vehicles, and they believe that they will get more fuel-efficient vehicles by not imposing the standards standards in an artificial way, which I think they're probably right, even though it might not happen by the deadline. I think that we will end up with more fuel-efficient vehicles and more fuel-efficient Really, that's vehicles. how you look at it, because I look safe. at it as Trump is all about freedom and choice. So you might choose to say, look, I will pay twice as much right. for gas, but I'm not going to truck my my kids around in a little Honda, I'm getting a gas-guzzling big truck. And I might say, hey, it's just me, and I'm tooling around that I don't have kids, so I want to get the convertible sports car, and lack of regulations means we're both free to do what we want. That's America. I agree 100%, but I still believe that the people who want more fuel-efficient vehicles will get more fuel-efficient vehicles out of the marketplace if there's enough. Well, I agree with that, too, even though you want to drive the barreling truck with all the safety you also like saving money on gas that's what well, that's called the free market you are demanding <laughs> of the manufacturers hey i'm going I'm to buy your big truck but i want you to save me 20 bucks a week on gas get to work the people who on facebook are connected to me on facebook know i just picked up the new war wagon it's a, a ram 1500 5.7 liter hemi so <laughs> i'm not quite worried about gas usage. I'm worried well, about Well, I saw base. someone ask you, did you get the V8 or the whatever you were like, the 350 Hemi? Boom! Yeah, the 5.7 liter Hemi, please. Did I get the six-cylinder? What's wrong with you? Six-cylinder. <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with you? Who do you think you're talking to? Six-cylinder. It's time for a six-cylinder. Oh, man. I... So... So anyway, my what my do I look like? Here. Do I look like a guy that goes out in the snowstorm in a t-shirt? Come on! Yeah, I mean, what do I what do I look like? A soy boy? Six cylinder? Oh, I'm like a six cylinder with a side of soy scrambled eggs. So scrambled soy, please. And I'm, I'm guessing that if you lived in New York, you would not be voting for the socialist, whatever her name is. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't think I, I I might do some other things to her, but I wouldn't vote for her. Oh. Which my right, favorite, so, uh, it's an aside, but I did see in the news uh, yesterday or this morning or something like Barack Obama released a list of like a hundred candidates he's endorsing and she's not one of them. <laughs> like, <laughs> when you, you know you're in trouble when you're too socialist and far left for Obama. <laughs> Jesus <laughs> how damaging and dumb and bad you're. I mean, it, it had me thinking. I'm like, maybe Obama does have one shred of economic intelligence somewhere in his body. He's rejecting oh, yeah. this person who's economically completely illiterate. He 
just smart enough to know that even if she gets in and she'll be one term, she'll be out and she'll never make any difference and she's nothing but trouble for anybody who hooks their wagon. Well, plus he's sending a message to Bernie who pretty much wrecked the hopes of his beloved legacy of getting Hillary in there because without Bernie running, there would have been a groundswell and a bigger turnout and all that. So Bernie is a socialist. This woman's a socialist. But anyway, we're aside the point. The point is... That when you roll back these regulations or you allow freedom to occur, sometimes positive things can happen from rolling back the rules, but also negative things can happen. You you know, Steve, just just one more thing about this uh, about this uh, this girl from New York. Uh, You know, she's pretty good. She's a nice girl, but uh, I just don't think that she really has what it takes to uh, to make it in the uh, in the in the Senate. There was my bad Obama impression. Um, it was pretty good. <laughs> anyway, so he, here's the deal. What's the point? This but I will say, episode. not only, I mean, she might win in the House, but she'll, she will never get anywhere near the Senate. I agree with that. No, it was the House, but whatever. I, I just, but here, well, whatever. There's a humongous difference. you got to well, run statewide. You have zero chance statewide so, with that. Message. Yeah, absolutely. No, she, she definitely only has a chance because she's running in a very specific district in the, in the middle of New York City. But here's the, here's the point about the thing today. Trump rolling back these rules. The important thing to remember is that with Obama imposing the rules, number one, it definitely drove up prices and it definitely lowered the safety standard for the vehicles as they always have for the last 50 years. And that goes to unintended consequences. You got to understand in your business, you are the government. And while you don't have the ability to lock somebody up or use force to make them do something, you can banish them. You can fire them. You can get rid of them. And that used to be a legitimate concern for government. Governments used to banish people. Get out of our country, don't ever come back. Get out of our city, don't ever come back. Yeah, and, and you're right. And back so in the you, day when people stayed with a company forever, you, some punishment was relocating them. Right. Oh, I'm so sending so, you out to the Topeka office. You know, exactly. you're no longer in New York. Like now, of course, someone will just go see you. So this is the concern. You've got to remember that you're the government and that your actions have unintended consequences. So you have got to think those through. Now, sometimes the actions have unintended consequences, which are okay because the benefit gained from taking the action is far better. And the good news is, is that it's your money on the line, so you're more apt to think about this than the government idiot because they don't care. What do they care? It's not their money. They're getting paid anyway. So you have something on the line, so you're more apt to make better decisions. But you've got to remember unintended consequences to every decision that you make. And you've also got to remember that sometimes it's just better to let things go. It's just better to let things, to not get yourself involved in things. You have two employees, and they don't really get along, but they're not argumentative, but they're cold, and they're coldly, formally polite to each other. Well, that describes me. If they can, Pretty much if anywhere they can, I worked, being the absolute top performer, I naturally had lots of enemies. Right. Whenever I was doing sales, I'm setting all the records, I'm winning all the contests, you don't think everyone loved me. Well, and so now if your manager sat you down and, and sat all the people down who, hate, who who disliked you because they were jealous and said, okay, we're going to clear the air and work this out and start over fresh and you guys are going to be friends because we really have a, we're a team here and it would have been not only a waste of time, it probably, you probably would end up with you leaving and and certainly well, it, you know, it's interesting you say that because I had a manager who did try that, and he, uh-huh. he said, you know, you've got to show up to these team breakfasts and these team whatever, which I would never show up to. And I said, look, I didn't come here to be part of a team. I came here to put food on the table for my family. So right. I'm not into all this team thing. I wasn't hired. I wasn't told that I was going to be part of this. Not, I didn't come to join the New York Yankees. I came to sell stuff. And I, I care about my, I was with the Yellow Pages. I care about my advertisers, and I care about my family. And I do not care 
just because that guy happens to be sitting in a cubicle in the same row with me, so arbitrarily I'm supposed to work with him, and that's not why I'm here. So if that's what you're going to make me do, we're going to have a problem. And he never again said, you need to come to any meetings. So when you have a superstar, that's what you do, folks. You do not ever want to micromanage a superstar. You want to let them do whatever they're doing. Just get Your job as a managing a superstar is just get out of their way. And that's exactly what I was going to say. That was my next example as a superstar salesperson. You want to manage them the way the coach managed, uh, uh, what's the basketball player's name? Michael with the, Jordan. With the pin. No, not Jordan. The guy with the different colored hair oh. and went to see Rocket Man. Dennis Rodman, um, yeah. Same Dennis team, Rodman. same coach. So, yeah, so Rodman, there's a story that the coach tells about the first game or something they're playing, and Rodman, of course, was a pain in the ass through all practice and everything, and they gets back off the court, and you know everybody's doing their thing, and the coach gets ready to leave, and he walks past, and there's Rodman right after a game, not a scrimmage, like a real game, you know, real actual game. There's Rodman putting in a couple hours on the bike, and the coach decided at that point, I'm just going to leave him alone. <laughs> like he can't, you know, he obviously well, and he did he the, the same coach, and he did the same thing with Michael Jordan. Michael was Jordan was known as the coach on the court. He was the coach at practice. It was Michael Jordan that got everyone motivated and got everyone working because he wouldn't stand for anyone slacking it. He said, as you practice, so do you play. And so the coach, Phil Jackson, was the X's and O's and a little bit of strategy and babysitting necessary, but he had the, that was his genius. He let Jordan do his thing. He let Rodman do his thing. You put a team of superstars together and you just get out of their way. So Trump is treating America, folks, for the first time in years. He's treating you like you're an American, therefore you're a superstar. Let me get out of your way. And the companies are superstars. The people are superstars. If you want to go for some reason, we have found out that there are plenty of people that for some reason, their favorite thing to do in life is to go down into the hell hall known as a coal mine for eight hours a day and pretty much give themselves lung cancer to feed their family. And they won't do any other job. Trump says, okay, then go ahead. I'm going to let you do that. He doesn't micromanage and say, well, but that's not good for the environment. It's not good for you. You're going to get cancer. You need to be retrained. That, all the, that crap is off. And Trump says, this is America, and you get to do what you want. So if you want to go out and buy a hot rod light sports car to get four, 40, you know, a little whatever, the littlest Kia, Toyota, something or other to get 50 miles a gallon, but you know that you take your life in the hands every single day you get behind the wheel times 10 as if you would have gotten an SUV, then go ahead. This is America, and we are the land of the free, not the land of the controlled. And so in your business, you decide who you want to be because if you're going to be the control person, you're likely to repel superstars away from your business. You're liable to create a lot of strife and stress and pressure and backlash against you, whether people understand it consciously or just subconsciously a lot of resentment over lots of rules. I've learned that the hard way a long time ago. But you make your decision. You're the business owner. You can sit here and say, oh, you two guys know what you're talking about. Everybody in my business has to do A, B, C, D, one, two, three. It's my way, the highway. That's just, hey, fine, keep doing that. We're just saying that the lesson learned from Donald Trump is hire the best and get out of their way. And he's done that in his real estate business, in his TV business, where his TV business was. The show was called The Apprentice. Before they got the celebrities involved, it was, let's get some very sharpest business people who somehow are going to give up six weeks and move into a dorm room situation and be high-stressed and overworked for six weeks or whatever, but we're going to get the best entrepreneurs we can to come in here, and then I'm 
just going to say, here's the task. Go. Do whatever you want. That was the show. That's how Donald Trump is now running the country. Welcome to it. And we're suggesting if you want to learn that lesson this week from Donald Trump, you do that in your business. Speaking of the lesson, as always, we have an advanced lesson of the week. And for that, you go to LessonsLearnFromDonaldTrump.com. You get the advanced lesson. You make even more money in your business. You've just listened to the most terrific podcast on the Internet today. If you want to be a winner like Trump, make sure to go listen to the rest of the episodes and get our advanced tip of the week by going to LessonsLearnedFromDonaldTrump.com. And join us next time, unless you like being a loser. Some people do. Trust me.